Hello, Rebecca Mays here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. I want to acknowledge that this program was recorded on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. This episode of Stick Together was produced on Jarjarwarang country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. It is brought to you on December your local 3rd community radio station thanks to the Community Broadcasting the Foundation. Authorities in Ballarat in what has become known as the Battle of the Eureka Stockade. We'll hear from Bernard Collery, this year's recipient of the Spirit of Eureka Award, who spoke at the 166th Eureka Rebellion commemoration. Bernard makes reference to those speeches that came before him. You can hear the rest of the commemoration on YouTube. Just search for 166th Eureka Rebellion Commemoration. Every year we make a presentation to the Spirit Eureka, the Spirit Eureka Award to someone who's made a significant contribution in the fight for a just and fair Australia. And I'm very pleased to present this year's award to Bernard Collery. Over to you, Bernard. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I'm honoured and, and privileged. Uh, first, uh, I speak to you from, of course, the land of the Ngunnawal. The Ngunnawal land is the centre of our nation, allegedly. Uh, for the last 30 or 40 years, I've been the honorary lawyer for Wenunga Nimini Jarina on the Ngunnawal lands. And uh, in recent years, even in our national capital, We've had hard-fought, unjust results from deaths in custody inquiries. So the whole issue permeates our whole land, including the land of the Ngunnawal, and I've known, because I'm that old now, quite a few of the great elders of Wenunga and the nearby nearby Wiradjuri. Yes, uh, Derek and Kevin, I'm, I'm facing jail, and so is a, a very brave person who can't show his face, witness, Kay. And I've been asking myself, you can imagine, for the last two years while they play with us and taunt us, we've had 42 court appearances so far, how I got there. And when you were talking, Christy, I just remembered growing up below the, the mining pits on the escarpment in the Uluwara at Coromel, and uh, when the mines rescue sirens went, uh, well, the kids, um, a lot of the kids at school were, dads were up in the pits. Uh, the nuns, I was at a convent school, uh, I'm proud to say MacKillop, MacKillop nuns, uh, the nuns would have us down on our knees for praying for everyone. And uh, a week or so later at the funerals, you'd hear about bad pit props. Like In those days, they were wooden props. And so the local priest had rail about these rich people who supplied inferior pit props, the mine owners and so on and so forth. So, uh, Christy, I grew up in the, the centre of mid-20th century struggle by workers for justice. And um, there's been some great ironies. I've, I've had help from the CFMEU over the years with cases like deaths in custody and youngsters being killed on their second day on the job and things like that. But... Um, and I was listening to um, Charlie Joyce and I was thinking how keen I used to be, <laughs> uh, what, what it is to be a wide-sweeping, youthful vision. And I thought it was great. And, uh, but I'm just reminded of how far we've got to go. 
The other thing, you know, uh, Kevin, that hit me uh, about five minutes ago while I was uh, listening to Christy was um, my partner put in front of me the spirit of Eureka. And I, and I realised, um, you know, my chambers was raided, uh, all our case documents seized, and I was at The Hague that day uh, waiting to present the case for East Timor. And you know what day that was? And I, I just remembered because I, I put the news on, it was the 150th anniversary of the 3rd of December 1853, it was that day you were all in Ballarat or somewhere, Benigo, you were all out at Lambing Flat uh, celebrating how far we've gone. Well, I, I remember sitting at Hagen thinking, yeah, how far have we gone? The bastards are in my office raiding it right now and they're waiting to arrest me when I return. So that was the 3rd of December 2000. And anyway, we won't go into that. So look, uh, Charlie Joyce, I want to say to you, mate, the biggest problem, the root crisis, we've got a lot of crises, but the root crisis is we've moved away from rule of law in this country. We managed to get a lot of it in the 19th century, the 20th century. Uh, we've gone backwards in rule of law. I've been a lawyer, attorney general. I, I, I'm, I'm not prone to make sweeping statements, but rule of law is under threat in our country. It's under threat. It's under threat, as Alison said. The, did she say there's been 18 pieces of legislation? Uh, if, if you could read the envelope they've given themselves, that is, um, both Labor and Liberal governments, the envelopes they've given themselves to run you by algorithm, to rule by algorithm, to rule by robo-debt recovery, it'll be something else next. They've given themselves such a wide envelope that we need to consider whether there's a, a, a real class movement happening. That is, um, the Eureka spirit was against the colonial authority, authoritarianism. Are we returning to authoritarianism? How many of us have uh, sons and daughters who've joined police forces? There must be a lot of us. I haven't got any, but we must. And where are they being led? How are they being led? And so um, you'd like me to talk about fighting for justice. Well, that, that's, it's, it di didn't come just over East Timor. I've been at it for a few years, as, as, as some of you know. But the refusal of this coalition government to accept responsibility for its actions affecting the East Timorese over all the years, partly in some of those years, uh, Labor governments included, there's no different. We, we, Kevin Rudd did the national apology. We owe the East Timorese, given our being accessories in their invasion with Indonesia, and, and you know, they lost uh, up 200,000 people. They lost about 40,000 um, after the Australians withdrew in World War uh, II. Um, the re Japanese reprisals were awful. Um, we we've got a debt of honour to them. Timor's on our conscience. We owe them a national apology. Uh, I I'll still be arguing that, even if it's from jail, 
we owe those people a huge apology and, and we've got to do it. And we're not a, a, a good country until we do it. You're listening to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News, broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. I, I was shattered when no one from Labor, uh, well, some heroes did, but none of the party machine came out to help Witness K, has come out to help Witness K and I. I mean, you know, my hometown has, and uh, if, only they, if only you knew where this veteran hero uh, comes from, his town would be out at the barricades too for him, but we can't say it because, you know, like... Uh, uh, his family, his kids would be at risk as there are some very nasty people out there and um, they might, they won't want to get any. So uh, it'll be good, Christy, if we, if we, could, if we could get some uh, backbone back into the show, the backbone that I used to see as a kid in Wollongong at school, you know, when the, when the uh, pit props weren't good, they, they came out and they, they picketed and they barricaded the pits and it stopped until, you know, the bad loads of props were taken away and so on and so on and so forth. I've got to tell you, though, one year I worked at the Steelworks when I was at uni. On my second day for that three-month job, we went out on the grass. <laughs> and it was solidarity in those days. And so I, I spent two of my three precious months to get some money for uni out on the grass. But I stayed with the blokes. And that's, that's if I look back across when I think, how did I get here? Uh, how am I facing jail? Why am I going to go to trial in my own court next to the dock I've spent a lot of my career in? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think we've got to get some fighting backbone back in the country and back in our leaders. Um, why did I get here? Well, uh, when I was 22, I was on a scholarship to uni. It was a vet, uh, you'd call it a veteran scholarship now, but in those days, REPAT gave us children of, of, of a servicemen who'd been killed in the war, um, opportunity to get scholarships to uni. And there was only one uni in New South Wales, Sydney. And I, and, and the year I went up to uni, only nine of us from the Holy Lawara the whole South Coast, only nine of us got to uni. And so I got a scholarship. And so they had our, they had files on us. And so when I was in second or third year, uh, uh, they, they contacted me and said, well, we want to train you to serve your country like your dad. And I said, well, I'm not finished uni yet. And blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so I ended up being trained and, and, and I was trained um, towards the end uh, I did some training with one of Australia's special agencies and one of the blokes training us was an ex-commando and he told us all about the struggle in Timor in World War II. I didn't know where Timor Island was. I was 22 
and I was like breathless with all of the story of the bravery of those two Marines who helped our soldiers. The worst thing that happened to them, their boots fell apart and they, they were trying to build a radio to let Melbourne HQ know they were still alive and in good order up in the mountains fighting the Japanese. They needed boots above all and they needed ammunition. And uh, I mean, to, to, this is 20 odd years only after the war because I'm 76. And uh, I'll always remember that bloke telling us uh, how the Timorese sacrificed themselves. And that was the only part of Southeast Asia, he always told us, where the population itself, the whole population rose up and assisted them. Elsewhere, you know, the white man was a colonial and they were, give, they were give, largely given away, but not in Timor with their Portuguese priests and all the rest. So we owed them a debt. Go full circle. And, and then when Whitlam did the deal with Sahado, I was profoundly disgusted and shocked. And so that led me into helping the Timorese. So that's where it starts. And, uh, and, and, then, um, uh, and then when Shanana got released from his jail cell, the leader, uh, I went up and, and joined him, of course, and I worked with him and I, I, was, I couldn't get over meeting a man who'd spent nine years in a cell and he, he's got a bad sense of humour. The other day he joked about, well, we come full circle, mate. You're going to want to learn firsthand how, how that is. But the, the reality is uh, we've got to keep up this Australian drive for justice and human rights. It's what those blokes on Lambing Flat were, were working for. And it's what, uh, you know, the great, the great, pioneering women too in this country, uh, you know, who, who they fought for. But I was just, uh, you know, I was sort of, I'm very impressed that you've come forward to give me this award. Not, not a lot of people at this stage want to know you. That's, that's the situation in our country. There's a um, authoritarianism that, has got a lot of public servants in this public service, national capital, a bit intimidated. My, my law practice is practically disintegrated. I mean, people don't want to be seen coming in my door and I can understand it in a way they've got to feed their kids and there's vindictiveness and, and, and well, the, the pursuit of witness came myself is pure vengeance. And the reality is um, either they put witness K and I in jail or they'll have to put John Howard and Alexander Downer to trial. And they're taking the easy option at this stage. But, you know, when and if Kay and I are acquitted, uh, hopefully there'll be a move. But if they get their secret court, well, and they've got it, and we're appealing it in February, it's going to the Court of Appeal, but at the moment, um, I, the, the, main the main issue, which because of that terrorist order on me now, ironically, I can't even refer to what happened in Dili, not allowed to, and I'm not allowed to, you're not allowed to hear my evidence and, and, and they're gonna, it's gonna be a secret court. You know, there was a secret week's hearing recently when they let all the leaders of the secret service in to give evidence. Some of them didn't look too keen. It reminded me of some Russian show trials, but anyway, uh, you know, before the court started, the workmen got up and put tape over the CCCTV 
and they've got their own Secret Service recorder there. So it's not the court transcription service. They cut the cameras off. This was like, this was out of another world. I was just sitting there thinking about where our country's going. Why is it that my evidence, my advice to witness, Kay, that there'd been unlawful activity, that is, a breach of Commonwealth federal, uh, our laws were breached in what happened, which I can't talk about. I, I spent two years doing that legal research and Timor was on, was going to win in The Hague. They took Kay's passport so he couldn't give evidence if he wanted to, but he was going, and, and I can't talk about it, but what we're dealing with is a massive problem in our country about rule of law. So, Charlie, Joyce, I want you to know, mate, you will, you need freedom at the barricades. You, you want to devote your energies to finding justice. You better be aware it's getting harder and harder. It's getting harder and harder right across the board, not just for the unions. It's getting harder for lawyers in my profession. Uh, it's get, getting harder generally out there to, to fight for justice because They've got so many powers now. They know almost what you're thinking, right? And and the level of surveillance and and the interference with our rights, uh, the manner in which they track us now. We we can't get a passport and, unless we give our biodata, and you know, with their mates around the world, they can track us everywhere we go. You know, how, how many places can you have a just a quiet meeting that that won't necessarily be recorded? The last murder trial I did, um, we found at the end of the day, there was CCTV for almost the whole night in this shopping centre. There was CCTV of everything and um, nearly everything, um, which was amazing. When the police were put to it, they were able to pattern the, the movement of this young couple everywhere. And what's the stop in doing it for us right now this afternoon? I, mean, I guess it's going down because it's public that I'm speaking. I'm quite sure they're listening to this, seeing if they get any more against us. Um, so I speak to you as a person under threat and, and under um, uh, a circumstance that I, I hadn't anticipated been to the barricades often enough over the years with the Timorese. And uh, it's important that uh, we support Witness K. He's a bloke who uh, can't get a voice and will be sentenced in secret. Um, I can't say more, uh, but uh, this award, uh, uh, lifts my spirits at least and uh, means that there's some strength out there that's going to support the issues. I've got to say to you, uh, Christy, that um, quite a few sort of union people I know, I'm not going into any further details, have said to me that Witness K and I should ask the union members for some help. Um, Albanese went out a few weeks ago and said that what happened in Delhi was all wrong. That's all he said. Well, you know, anyone can say that. When you get caught, it's all wrong. 
Um, he, he didn't say anything uh, for Witness K uh, or me. Uh, it, it wasn't anything. And, and I think um, I think Luke Gosling, an ex-commando and an ex-soldier and a, his ALP Darwin came out a few days ago. It was a good statement. But once again, it, it didn't commit himself anywhere. So the Labor, Labor Party, except for Graham Parrott and a few fantastic members of the of the of the federal parliament. I'm just talking about federal parliament because you know Steve Brax has been great and all that. Um, but the federal parliamentary Labor Party is missing in action uh, on an issue uh, that goes to the roots of rule of law. If they can put um, lawyers to trial for acting in good faith, giving advice to an approved client. You know, he's no idle whistleblower. He's been proved. He's come to me. I've done the research and I've advised him that what he's told, told me about represents unlawful activity by, by government ministers and, and what can be done about that. And he's got a letter in writing from the Inspector General saying he can take private legal action. He takes legal action and they fall all over us. And instead of this, and the police, the federal police and this special office they've got, it's called special reference office in the commissioner's office. Doesn't it? Sounds a bit like J. Edgar Hoover, doesn't it? He had a special reference office too. Special reference office police, instead of getting information from Kay and charging um, people, I can't name, um, charge us. That, that's the country we've got. And I, I, we're not alone. There, there is a, a, a fear in the federal bureaucracy at the moment about the powers, the powers. And somehow or other, uh, the government is supported by one or two very senior zealots who are determined to keep public servants quiet and the government is entitled to confidentiality, but it's not entitled to cover up law-breaking. And why did it take so many months for the robo-debt disgrace to come out? And it was the, uh, the public sector union that had a big hand in supporting those who wanted to come out and say how the robo-debt thing was scandalous. But... Um, you talk about Russian interference in the 216 election in the United States. What about here when just very large sums of money were given to marginal electorates to influence, clearly influence voting? I mean, that's our country. So, um, Derek, uh, thanks. Um, and, and Kevin, thank you very much for this award. Um, I'm deeply honoured. Thanks very much. I wanted to share this speech with you because we need to hear the stories of people who are fighting for justice. I may not agree with his argument that we need to return to the rule of law, but in the current capitalist system, we need to embrace the rebellious spirit of Eureka and stand up to protect our cultural heritage, to protect those who blow the whistle on corruption and cover-ups, and to stand in solidarity with people fighting for justice all over the world.
December 1st marked 59 years since the Morning Star flag was first raised alongside the Dutch flag as a symbol of a coming independence. Yet still, West Papuans are fighting for their freedom. I spoke with Adolf, a West Papuan who attended the raising of his flag at Ballarat Trades Hall this year. Thanks for having me. My name's Adolf Mora. Came as a refugee asylum seeker uh, to Australia. Came across with the boat um, in 2006. 14 years now. And next year, on the 17th of uh, January, will be my 15 years. It was the 1st of December recently. And I know that's a very significant day for West Papuans. Oh, yeah, exactly. 1st of December. All West Papuan we call Independence Day since Dutch occupation and they left um, West Papua and Indonesia again to go for the land. We believe that we already had the independence, but hasn't been uh, acknowledged by Indonesia. Yeah, so um, that was on December 1st in 1961. Exactly, in 1961. And then we carry on. It's been 59 years now. In Melbourne, for example, uh, in Australia, uh, we did uh, flag rising, but also uh, we did um, a peaceful uh, rally and protest just to to celebrate uh, Independence Day, but also acknowledge that we should have the independence. And back home in West Papua, it's a very, very dramatic that every year uh, during the 1st of December, uh, anyone who raised the flag will uh, be taken to jail for 15 years. And recently, I myself and one of the elders in the community, we went up to Ballarat yeah. to do the uh, flag rising up there. And those people up in Ballarat, they has formed a working group to support the um, Free West Papua movement. Yeah, and uh, the trades hall up there, that's where the flag was raised, right? Exactly. It's at the on top of the uh, trade hall union in Ballarat. But also in Melbourne as well, we had the same things at the trade hall uh, mm-hmm. union in, on Ligon Street mm-hmm. and a couple, uh, couple local council. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 0394198377 and leaving us a message. Remember, wherever you are, Whatever you do, there's a union for you. I'm Rebecca Mays. Catch you next time.